better or worse, the relationship between science, film, and media has long been intertwined. We're here to dissect that relationship, turning it inside out for all to see. And throughout the years, one truth has revealed itself. You don't need good science to make a good movie. But it sure makes it better. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Real Science Podcast, the podcast where three highly trained and good-looking assassins watch a movie and then pick apart the science. <laughs> My name is Ken Smith. My name is Sean Crossan. I'm Stabby McGee. I distracted myself pretty badly, and I did not say the opening correctly. I could see that you were looking off-camera, Ken, and you were sort of like multitasking it looks like i guess over there (laughs) you messed up this is the podcast where three highly qualified professionals pick a movie and then pick apart the science that's what i wanted to say to you the listeners and i wanted to say i'm michael pace but then you called me an assassin i took upon my my uh my alternate ego who fronts for me when i need to kill people right you're (laughs) you're trained assassin ego stabby mcgee McGee. yeah you have to watch out for him (laughs) I actually just said my name because I am also an assassin. Oh, oh that shit. Makes, that makes plenty of sense, yeah. actually. I did want to revisit Paces, though. Is your, um, is your assassin Irish? <laughs> uh, he's... Uh, I would... S- <sighs> make a joke. Oh, <laughs> Pace, make a joke. Be funny. be funny, be funny, be funny. Uh, so, I would say that... Um, Pace, all you he's... have to say is yes. Your last name is fucking McGee. <laughs> you just gotta say yes. Yeah, but like I want I think that he's the only like he's the only McGee that's not Irish. Oh, okay. you're trying to create a complicated backstory for your fiction. Oh, yeah, okay. like he he gets he got made fun of whenever he was a kid from all the other McGees because like he didn't have red hair. You could have you know? just like done an Irish accent and been like, oh, oh you'll never get me lucky charms oh, no. because I'll kill you. Oh no. Oh God, <laughs> that's a really bad accent. <laughs> uh... Well, why don't you do better, or Sean? You do better. Let's hear Sean. Let's hear your Irish accent. Sean is uh, he's Irish. He is Irish. I'm I'm not going to alienate our Irish listeners like that. Pace. All right. I would never do that to our beloved <laughs> listeners. <laughs> oh, saints be praised. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, does it is it less I, bad that like my ancestors are Irish? Does that make it any better? No, 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 no. no, no it probably no, makes no, it, it worse because it's like I've forsaken yeah. them. Oh, okay. Hey, what movie do we watch today? No, guys? no, no, no. Pace, I have a question for you. Okay. Do we have any disclaimers besides yeah. our extremely racist Irish accents? Yeah, yeah. Do the authors have any disclosures? We gotta stand. Are we authors? Here. Yeah, we are. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's a our whole model. We do have some disclaimers that for the listeners if they want to consume our glorious content, and that is that you should get ready to hear some some nasty words, and mm. that you should get ready to get into some good details of things that you may not care about because we're gonna go into details about things. Can you give me an example of a nasty word? A nasty word could be like. I don't know, like frack or mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Babadook, mm-hmm. um, Frumple Nickel, or like oh, mother mother good. lover, something like that. Oh yeah, mother Yellow lover. Belly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Dern. Did you, say, did you say Ghirardelli? <laughs> I said Yellow Belly. Oh <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, gosh. Oh, I like that you questioned Yellow Belly and not Stink Wiener. St- well, Stink Wiener is like very fun. Is a very, like, that's is a highly this, desirable Is this the show word. now? Is this what we've, what we've devolved to? We're just going to say fake curse words? <laughs> I mean, we also glossed over the fact that Pace said Dern. <laughs> Gersternikerner. Mm. But yeah, so this week we watched uh, Flatliners, the 1990 version. The better version. Uh, yes, the yeah. 1990s OG version of Flatliners. I would say that we probably would have considered it the better better version, and Rotten Tomatoes definitely considered it the better version. Because yeah. the one that came out recently with, I guess, like maybe probably one of the Franco brothers uh, got a 5% on Rotten Tomatoes. So Got a 5%? 5 a percent. That's a rough not threshold good. to be in. Yeah, it yeah, is. It's not super great. This this 1990 version starred Kiefer Sutherland. Correct. Julia Roberts. Yes. Um, William Baldwin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kevin Bacon. Oh, I know you're not going to forget your boy Oliver Platt. I really know you're not. Oliver Platt. He played he, the only person who didn't flatline. The Cinco Amigos. Right. Um, the Cinco Amigos. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the yeah. Cinco Amigos. They were the they were the Cinco Amigos of death. The Cinco Amigos de Muerte. I really enjoy whatever you're creating here. The <laughs> Cinco Amigos of death. And so the basically the movie revolves around the idea of near death experiences and um that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. 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 So for those of you who've listened before, this would be the point where we normally start going through the whole plot and then we you know, discuss the science as it comes up in the movie, and that's what we're going to do today, right? If you have, well, nope. Kenan, I think that our episodes have been running a little long, wouldn't you say? Oh, uh, you know what? I I would say I haven't noticed. You would say you haven't noticed. So, like when you when you text us at like four in the morning saying you finished editing the episode finally, that was <laughs> just like what you you just started at three thirty. Is that what happened? Right. Or when I maybe messaged you over Facebook and pleaded with you to let us change the. Uh, uh, structure of how we go over the plot so that it's not fucking horrible to edit every single week yes uh-huh. so we have decided uh-huh. to we're going to try this out where we are essentially going to give like a 10 minute plot synopsis of the movie and then we are going to dive in more detail into specific scenes that we think exemplify some of the key scientific you know points that we'd like to talk about during the movie Right, and this will be in an effort to try and keep the time down, um, but also it'll probably be, be a little bit more loosey-goosey than it normally is, um, so bear with us while we uh, play in the space. People like loosey-goosey. It'll help if you've watched the movie also, because then you'll, yeah. you won't need yep. our plot summary. And we will try and be a little bit better about uh, posting well ahead of time what movies we're going to watch. Um, I think especially in an area that we might be able to prove is over Facebook. Just sort of like in general, our presence on Facebook like could probably improve a little bit, maybe just a little bit. That's a good idea, Kenneth. Thanks. <laughs> Very I'm good glad feedback. You, glad you agree with me, Sean. <gasps> oh, okay, let's go. We're wasting time. Yeah, we are. All right, Pace. Yeah. I hear that you paid a lot of attention to this movie. I did. I was into this film. I was into it. I was on top and inside it. Okay, that's real weird. Um, but yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that you should do the plot summary as long okay. as you can kind of just avoid stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. All, All right. right. Yeah. Okay. So, so this movie essentially follows five med students uh, at Loyola University in Chicago, and uh, basically what they're trying to do is uh, push the 
barrier between life and death. And what they basically have, we have our main character, arguably his name's Nelson, uh, played mm-hmm. by Kiefer Sutherland. And he, he wants to basically <laughs> uh, go, he wants to be put under, so to speak, uh, have his heart stopped and then be brought back to life by a medical means. Why does he want to do this pace? Like, why is he, why is he doing this? He says, we've, we've solved. This is the, every other, medical marvel this is the final frontier boys wow uh, kiefer's got some real faith in our medical system <laughs> he yeah, really does and, well, not our medical system and his friends he's, and his classmates he's, he's some, doing this with he's got some real faith in himself too he thinks that, that too. he can just die come back to life and discover the secrets of life and death right exactly well the good news is that he's uh constructed the perfect experiment for he and his friends to carry out in this weird cathedral garage <laughs> yeah, the yeah. setting is very strange. It's a it's a very like they, it looks like they're conducting all of this inside of a church. And so basically, he gathers he gathers a team to do this. A team is consists of his fellow classmates, four of his fellow classmates, three other guys, and one girl, Julia Roberts. And, and their name is. And so Julia Roberts, her character's name is I can't remember. No, no, I meant like the name of their group. Oh, their name is this is the, the death is, squad is the. Is this the death squad? Is the no, death the squad. Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. That's the what Suicide it is. Squad. <laughs> <laughs> the Cinco what... Amigos de Muerte. Oh, I'm sorry. You meant, that's what you meant. Cinco Amigos de That's what he meant. Muerte. Suicide Squad is really good, though. That's so Suicide good. Squad is really good. They, they, oh, yeah. This movie was um, so much better than that garbage fire. <laughs> this is oh. the original Suicide Squad. Um, so they basically get to a point where they're ready to try this out. Um... And they basically put uh, Kiefer Sutherland under, and he's down for I think one and a half minutes. Yeah, when and when you say put him under, you don't mean in the like in the surgical like anesthesia. Not sense. anesthetic. No, uh, they like, do use an anesthetic to do it as a, as one method, but they basically stop it. They stop his heart. Uh, right. To put I think him they under. put him under first. First they give him first they give him nitrous. Um, yes. And then they give him so we'll talk about this. Yeah, from the perspective of the movie, they kill him. Yes. They quote unquote kill him, which we'll talk about brain death and cardiac death too. Um and so but then essentially he has kind of a uh we see as he's going through this, we see an we see an uh an experience that he has while he's while he's uh while his heart is stopped. Mm -hmm. And it's a memory he's having of his childhood. Um and then it kind of it looks like it's something that he like it looks like 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 a memory or flashback. And so they successfully bring him back up and they're very, very, very stoked about this uh, because it means that, oh, we have a way now of experience of, of artificially inducing a near death experience. We have right? conquered death itself. Yes. Um, yes. Yes. They figured out how to start someone's <laughs> heart again. It's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> They've done what medical science could never do. Yeah. Yeah. But had it, had it ever been done? Has it ever been done purposefully to do that? Yeah, definitely. To no, yeah. no, 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 no. Sorry, the, the for, to put someone under just for the very purpose of bringing them back. Oh, I thought you meant restarting someone's heart. No, of course. I know that's. How I was like, yeah, probably I'm, a lot. Yeah, <laughs> hopefully, probably like I hope every a time. Lot. Every time they're like, oh, we just shocked this guy. Whoa, shit! His heart started. That's so weird. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I was just trying to make his body jump around. That's so yeah. weird. <laughs> jump around, jump around, <laughs> jump up, jump up, and get down. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> I love it. This is like this sets off a chain reaction because now all his friends want in on this death action, this death life action. Um, so the rest of them go through the same process, yes. right? Right. And yeah. uh, all except for one of them, 
in total. Right. We'll go. Th- we'll go through this. And the whole time, and all. Oh, sorry. No, you're good, dude. I was saying the whole time they're periodically pushing the bounds of how long they can be dead for. They do it for long. They have, like have bets, and the person who's yeah. able to be down for the longest gets to do it next, which is horrific. They they have death bets, basically saying, "Oh yeah, well I'll go for three and a half minutes." Yeah, I'll go for three and a half and one second extra minutes. Well, I'll go for twelve minutes. Oh, you win. <laughs> You're actually <laughs> yeah, gonna die from I'm that. Next. Though. <laughs> yeah. So they, they they eventually all do it, and they all have these kind of similar. I'll call them flashbacks, and they're. There's a link between them, and that is mm-hmm. these were all things that they experienced that they have guilt about. That's right. the point. Uh, bits of their all past things... come back to haunt them. Exactly. Their past has come back to haunt them in death. And so they're very, very shaken up by this. Uh, there's also a lot of like kind of group tension because like there's Helen, the first person to go down. He didn't really tell them he was experiencing this until like two one or two of them had already like gone through the experience themselves yeah he basically was just like oh i'm fine um i can (laughs) hear the sound of a butterfly's wings but otherwise i'm good yeah he did bring that up that was a little weird he was like i can hear the lights humming down the street you're like oh yeah okay i mean well so they're starting to hallucinate right they're starting to have these hallucinations and sometimes i have physical consequences of these hallucinations and we don't know why these events start to trouble them and so they eventually realize that oh the the way to remedy this is to atone for your sins and to find a way to either forgive the person that you wronged or in a little more complicated manner as uh keith sutherland learns is he actually ends up going back under um putting himself back under because the person that he wronged is dead and spoiler he killed him on accident when he was a kid like eight years old and so essentially um the the, the end of the movie is kind of climaxes with uh with keith sutherland putting himself under before the rest of the group can come and help him and he's able to atone for his sins like in this dreamlike state that he experiences while he's unconscious and we have a lot of doubt as to if the team's going to be able to bring him back, and they do. And the moral of the story is that you just shouldn't be a dick. Mm-hmm. Don't be a dick. And also, if you die and 10 minutes have gone by, they can bring you back. Yeah. Yeah, apparently. With absolutely zero consequences. Yep. And that's the fastest we've ever covered the plot on this show. Yeah, I mean, that's in general, right? Like, they're literally... I mean, that is ba- the movie is pretty simplistic from a plot standpoint. Like, they're literally yeah. just like betting each other how much longer they can be dead for right a a large portion of the movie is them just like sitting in a diner at i guess like 2 a.m while this old lady serves them just coffee and them betting (laughs) that they can die for a longer period of time than each other and then the other half of it is them just running around from nothing yeah Yeah, and and also trying to kill themselves (laughs) and also all trying to kill themselves yeah that's the whole movie suicide squad so let's get into some of the nitty-gritty science of this here this here movie um so the first thing i think is good to talk about is (laughs) that uh the process that they use to put people under and by put people under that's i keep saying that and that would actually make you think of like anesthetic that's not exactly what's happening here right um yeah they're killing them that's the idea from the yeah kind of well i mean they're not they're putting you under they are killing them they're putting they're putting you under the same way that you would to like get your wisdom teeth taken out 
Like the way that they put Nelson down the first time is literally what happened to me when they removed my wisdom teeth. Yeah, but it's they don't that, stop your heart to take your wisdom teeth out. Right. It's just that after they give him the sodium pentothal and he is under, they zap the fuck out of him so that he dies. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So what happens is they successfully are able to a decrease his body temperature. Yes. Right down to eighty-six degrees using Fahrenheit. a magical blue blanket. My magical blue blanket, cool yeah. blanket, a cool and cooling blanket. Um, Icy hot. They also uh, use like a electric current, three hundred joules, to stop his heart. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have him down for. It's about. It was. I think we said like a minute and a half, or was it only? Was it shorter than that? You're talking about Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, yeah. the first one, I think they aim to keep him down for just a minute, but it ends up being about a minute and a half. Yeah, like a minute 20 or something. Yeah, um, like, a minute, like a minute 15 or something. And then they bring him back to life using uh, epinephrine mm-hmm. and warm his body to 93 degrees. And then they use defibrillators to yep. jumpstart his heart. They also slap him with some atropine. So does this, is this, does this make sense? Is this like what you would do? Well... As a doctor, let me uh, <laughs> let me tell you how I'd revive someone. Finally. Okay, I would find a real doctor and get them to do it. But... Oh, no, okay, Sean. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. But I would um, take them to a hospital. Yeah, that's what I would do. I I also wouldn't attempt this, but you know that's that's not the point of the movie, right? So oh, I would not attempt this. You no. want to ride the lightning, dude? So <laughs> no, sir. So I think the idea of cooling your body temperature is a good one because they mm-hmm. they sort of gloss over this but i think we've actually talked about this before on a different episode of real science we have yeah we talked about reducing the body temperature so that you reduce blood flow from vital areas of the body yeah so the idea with um cooling the body temperature is that you slow the amount of like tissue degradation so because they're stopping your heart um you're not getting reoxygenated blood delivered mm-hmm. to you know the rest of your body because you're not breathing anymore your brain needs glucose so you're cutting off all those mechanisms and all the cells in your brain and your lungs and all over your body will start dying if they don't have oxygen and sugar so they by cooling the temperature you just slow the death of these tissues and that's what they're doing right and in in particular uh and especially important for our five people of death um (laughs) They don't want any of the blood to be leaving their brain because they can come out on the other side of this, especially after having been under for so long with some severe brain damage. Um, And if you missed the discussion on this in one of our last episodes, uh, just Google up the use of cold saline, which is a salt solution, uh, to help people uh, stay under for longer periods of time during uh, trauma surgeries. There's some pretty interesting stories out there. And have there been uh, like instances of where people are in like a hypothermic state for like 45 minutes and their heart stops but they've been revived successfully oh they've been it's been much longer than 45 minutes yeah yeah so i don't know if they their heart actually stops i, I don't remember what it was done in the study um, sean maybe you do i believe their heart does stop i think they put them on bypass and yeah. then yeah they cool them down and then take them off bypass which is so bypass like the bypass machine is essentially like an electronic heart. It just pumps right, for right. you. So that I think they put them on bypass and then take them off once their blood is replaced with, or, the, cold saline. with the cold saline. And then they 
warm them back up and like put them back on bypass when they're getting it out of them. Like I okay. think their hearts just stopped. Well, then there you go. That answers that question. I mean, I know that uh, during intensive heart surgeries, uh, stopping and restarting the heart when needed is something that's not entirely uncommon. So. Yeah. yeah. I don't right. know about the timeline of how long it's done for, but they definitely do it. They, they, they stop the heart, but this is, the, this is different from cardiac death, right? Like No, this it's is... the same thing. I mean, cardiac death is when your heart is not beating. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that is equivalent then. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's defined directly as the, you're no longer sending electrical impulses through your heart, which result in contractions. Okay, so yeah. that then so they do induce cardiac death. I think that the, in my opinion, it's really messy in regards to whether they're inducing brain death. As a future doctor, and as a future doctor, as neuropathologist, a future, as a current neuropathologist <laughs> and future doctor. Uh, Wait, are seems... you actually a neuropathologist? Yeah. Fuck. I mean, as a dietitian. <laughs> Sorry, a neurotician. A neurotician. Oh yeah, did you just accidentally get my my profession right, Kevin? Yes. God damn it. <clears throat> How about that? I hate this stupid show. Yeah, I actually am a neuropathologist. But anyway, what I think is messy here is that whenever people say br- like brain death is like a legal term, right? You, yes. you use you use it in a court of law in order to in order to make decisions about money and stupid laws and shit. Um, <laughs> but all right. <laughs> Clinically, it's not a well-defined term, and that's because it's entirely possible for someone to stay alive and only have certain areas of their brain that are dead, mm-hmm. but the body can still be able to like maintain itself. Like You're right. basically saying that if your entire brain was actually dead, you wouldn't actually be able to be in like a vegetative state. Like You're still using your brain stem... Yeah. to regulate some of these functions yes exactly like if if like for example if your brainstem was still intact and working and that's the part that's like in the back of your like neck towards your spinal cord mm-hmm. uh that part is is going to be responsible for like keeping your heart beating and all those basic bodily functions and so if you got that then you can still be alive but if the rest of your brain is dead besides that you're not going to be conscious Right. So are are you brain dead? You'll be otherwise non-functioning. That's generally exactly. what they refer to people as brain dead, though. Like and if I you're would, in a vegetative I would agree, state, probably. And and like it's it's messy here because I think that the the people that in the movie are they're not brain dead, but they think they we think they have some brain damage, right? Because be, well, because if you if you deprive the brain of blood for that mm-hmm. long. Yeah. Brain cells will start to st- start to die at about like between four and six minutes, and like they get close to this, especially near like the end, like the last people that are doing it, they get to, like five minutes. Like Julia Roberts is out like like five minutes. This right? is right. also why they're cooling their body temperature, though. To That's what I was about to say. That is, too. is it that too? If, yes. If we pretend True. that the horse shit that they do in this movie is actually feasible. They are cooling the body temperature down, so they could be slowing that process. Yeah, it's it's you could definitely argue that. I think we should talk about some other aspects of what they do to actually die mm-hmm. for the, okay. the aspects of the movie, right? So because so they also they use nitrous oxide, which is a gas they give themselves, and I don't, and that's not actually to put them under; that's to help alleviate some of the pain of what they're doing, right? Some of the distress of inducing a cardiac event. Because nitrous oxide is just an, like an anesthetic, right? Right. In general, when, uh, at least my understanding, because I asked a lot of questions during, but my understanding is that 
you will typically give nitrous oxide prior to giving somebody something like sodium pentothal. And I don't know if sodium pentothal is still actually administered. I think people use other things, but that's like the um, truth serum shit, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it nitrous oxide numbs your extremities. Um, so in part, you can also give somebody an IV and they'll barely even feel it. Um, and then you can use that IV to then drip in whatever you're using to actually knock their ass out. Yeah. And they still use nitrous oxide for surgeries today and stuff. So, mm-hmm. so yep. that's like a pretty normal thing. Like you, why have the person undergo like undue stress and stuff like that? You don't want them moving around or being in immense pain. Mm-hmm. So it also helps them go really fast. Yeah. So they use the nitric oxide, which seems fine. And then they also give themselves a potassium chloride injection right i believe so i think they i don't know if they do this every time or if it's just used in like the dramatic final scene where like Kiefer sutherland puts himself under or kills himself alone he's Mm. trying to go be dead for a long time so he flatlines dude yeah he flatlines but so he uses potassium chloride but and potassium chloride if you have too much of it it messes Mm. with the contractions of your heart muscles because Basically, potassium is needed for the muscle cells to contract and then, like, uncontract and recontract over and over again. It, like, gets transported in and out of the cells. And if you just fill your bloodstream with a ton of potassium, they can't do that. They can't do that normal function. So then right. it becomes dysregulated. Yeah, it becomes dysregulated. And if your heart's just beating irregularly, then it will eventually stop. So, mm-hmm. so what do you guys think about that? I don't know. Seems fine to me. I'm not a real medical doctor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know how much I can comment on that. I mean, it seems like a case of where the movie would have picked something that we know elicits an effect and then just had him do it in order to achieve what they needed within that scene. I did find an article that was a case study about a person like being saved in a hospital from potassium chloride poisoning. Like they had had like an attempted suicide from administering a ton of potassium chloride supplements. Hmm. Apparently it will stop your heart. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. So I mean that it, it makes sense to me. I, yeah. It makes sense to me. Um, let's move on to the next thing. Shall we? Hell yeah. Take us there. Yeah. Pace. Why don't we now that they're dead, right? Why don't you jump into <laughs> What have you? Yeah, well, now that Kiefer Sutherland is finally dead, why don't you tell us about <laughs> what happens while he is dead and while the others are all dead? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, near-death experiences are really controversial because they're like one of the few concrete experiences that people still link to spirituality, right? Um, right. And but so, and admittedly, there's very little that's actually known about like what causes and entails near-death experiences. But how we understand a near-death experience is that it's basically caused by, like, different types of what's called borderland consciousness. And that's essentially, uh, it can be caused by anything that deprives the brain of blood. This is going to be anything like uh, cardiac arrest or not just not being able to breathe in general. Inadequate, inadequate blood circulation. Yeah. Whippets. Whippets. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Def- definitely. And so it's it's been hypothesize and there's some evidence to suggest that there is basically kind of this fusion of the conscious and unconscious that happens during a near-death experience and actually there's more activity in certain areas of the brain during a near-death experience than there are in a wake a normal waking state could you give us an example um yeah so like you mean like a particular brain region or? Sure. Yeah. Just like sort of a light example. And I guess. Yeah. Like... So, I mean, a, a light, I think a, just a like common light example is like the visual cortex, 
uh, oh, yeah, people sense. always see like the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, and there is, it is established that uh, in near death experiences in certain animals that I know of, I'm not, I'm not sure about humans, but in certain animals, the visual cortex is one of the areas that has more activity than uh, in the near death experience or that kind of like borderland consciousness state than it actually is in a normal waking state. So like the brain, even though you're quote unquote dead, your brain is very much, al- very, very much alive, very much going. Yeah, well, and this is something like to keep in mind. Where uh, this is not something that people regularly think about, but your perception of your environment around you, like what you see, what you touch, feel, and smell, it's really all interpretations from your brain. Yes. So yes. when you see activity in the visual center of your brain, for all intents and purposes, you are seeing right. Mm-hmm. Just because your yep. eyes aren't actually detecting something. From yep. your perspective as an individual, you're seeing something because your brain is telling you you're seeing something. And, and apparently, this also happens in animals as well. Is what mm-hmm. you're saying? Yeah, right. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it does. It's across it species. This these types of overactivity during you know quote unquote like death or near death experiences common thing. Okay, and it's, it's a very good point, Sean. That you know, even though to, from the outside you might look dead, what you're experiencing is completely different. Um, mm-hmm, so that exactly. what they, I think, I think what the experience here is that kind of, it's kind of just like, from what we know, it's a link between a hyper-conscious state that is m- like messy and mixed up with the subconscious state, which is why you, ha- it's considered dreamlike because your dream is your subconscious taking control of your experience. Right. Um, so that's what people think, think happens in these near death experiences. Yeah. And according to the information you've given us that if Lawrence, Guterman made a movie like this, then the movie Catliners would have a very speci- uh, similar plot. Yes. Yeah, I have no yeah, other. Yeah, that's exactly right. Get I would watch. That. I would watch that. But so meow. You know, and uh, there are certain members of the group who are like kind of doubting that they're having these near death experiences. Like Kevin. Kevin Bacon is whose yeah. character name is David. He's like he's kind of like the atheist of the group, Dr. and he's kind of like he's a little skeptical. That was probably the worst line in this entire movie, um, where they're talking about uh, Keith Sutherland's talking about his near death experiences, and Kevin goes, oh, "You've forgotten, I'm an atheist." It was like <laughs> that literally God. just existed so that the movie could tell us that Kevin Bacon was an atheist. Like Dude, it's... people don't say that in normal conversation. <laughs> yeah. No, they don't. And he's giving Kevin is giving atheists a bad name by making it sound like a bunch of condescending assholes. Um, well, especially what he should have said like the entire premise of keith or sutherland recruiting them to all do this is that he wants to like scientifically test what happens after you die and like what he should have said is hey bud as a scientist that is bullshit like there's no way you're basically creating an experiment where you have anecdotal information that could exactly. be entirely based on a hallucination due to the brain activity that's happening. When yep. you're right. It's not even self-reporting. Yep. It's just basically them tripping balls and then coming back and telling them what happens when you die. Yeah. It's like hypnotizing someone or something yes. and saying like, hey, yes. tell me about what you experienced while you were hypnotized. <laughs> like, it's... All right. We're going to get you to do these, do this maze. And I want to yeah. tell I want you to tell us how hard it was. But first, drop these six tabs of acid. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. exactly it's, what it, they did. And that's honestly why we're never going to be able to tell if if a near death experience means anything. 
Because it's from the perspective of the individual. Right? Exactly. And in the individual, in that instance, their brain is being deprived of essential nutrients and the cells are literally going crazy. Well, okay. Brain. I mean, if each one of you were going to die, uh, if you were to flatline, what yeah. uh, regretful thing would you experience? Uh, I would regret not having more sex in high school. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I mean... Yeah, that makes that sense. That is not what I was expecting you to uh, say. Me neither. What about I you, Sean? I don't know what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting that. Me either. Uh, nothing, dude. I wouldn't fucking flatline because I'm not a fucking idiot. Yeah, Do okay, you know why so... I said that? Because I didn't have any sex in high school. Okay. okay that's why God. I said that. Oh, okay. So okay. <laughs> get to know your hosts. Oh, that's man, what's happening here. Still, still going. Oh, Kenan, I'm just going to deflect it to you now because I don't know how to follow Pace's <laughs> answer. <laughs> Uh, yeah, what would you? What do you regret? What's your yeah, biggest? What, just what like, sort of spooky ghost would be chasing you down and beating you up with a hockey stick? Uh, I wish I would have had more sex in high school. <laughs> hey, I was trying to. I was trying to make a joke about how I was sheltered. Okay, I would regret not eating more sushi before developing a tuna allergy. So Pace oh. would have like an army of high school girls beating him with hockey sticks, and you would right. have like. A guy just like slicing an army tuna of fish and like strangling him with, with hockey it. sticks. Yeah, an army of fish with hockey sticks. <laughs> I was thinking more of like a uh, Fantasia style nightmare sequence of like little rolled up pieces of sushi chasing me around. Disney's gonna sue us. No, dude, that's not Disney. All right, let's talk about the next thing. What do we got, Base? I was just going to say, Kevin Bacon, he's like, I think you guys just saw what you wanted to see. Oh, that's and true. During, yeah. during, their, uh, during their dreamlike states. To a certain extent, I think he's right. Because if you have this kind of blended consciousness experience, then you're going to see what you, what's in your subconscious, which is just stuff that happened to you in your past. Like, of course, it's, of course it's specific to each person. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Like, I don't know. Yeah. He's basically saying, like, what were you expecting to find, right? Like, Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's, he's there to serve as a skeptic for the movie. I think in the interest Bye. of time and yeah. Kenan's wonderful burps, maybe yummy. we should talk about, yummy, yummy. before we go into the details of their hallucinations, do you guys want to talk about how they come, like, they come back to life, basically? Yeah, how they bring them back out. How they yes, bring good them back idea. Out? Yeah. Good idea. All right, so... They have this this fucking blanket that they put I on. I fucking them. hate this stupid Tron blanket that they <laughs> yes. use. This, That's what it is, actually. It's yeah, literally a, blanket. a blanket that it's clear someone took, like, you know, plastic stri- LED strip lighting and just wove it into, like, a plastic sheet. And they turned it to blue yeah. for cold and to, like, red for hot. <laughs> but yep. I yep. When they fucking said heat him back up again and they flipped a button and the blanket went boing and turned red (laughs) as it was getting warmer i i yelled in my apartment god damn it yeah (laughs) it was interesting so i mean like yes they need to bring his body temperature back up since they cooled it so i guess that makes sense but it's just really funny they have this fucking like electronic blanket that's just got these like heating coil it looks like it has like oven elements in it like oven heating elements that they're using to fucking roast uh, Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, they put that pig in a blanket and they heated him back up again. And then they gave him injections of, uh, what was it, epinephrine, like you said? And they also gave him atropine yes. to bring him back out. Mm. They refer to it as adrenaline, which is what they say in the UK, because epinephrine and adrenaline are the same thing. But they also just say it in American movies because it sounds cooler than epinephrine for some reason. Right. 
So it does. They melted down a copy of Fast and the Furious and they injected it into his bloodstream. <laughs> Tokyo Drift, right? Pure adrenaline. Yeah. It's gotta be Tokyo Drift. They're different movies. Uh no. Well, Tokyo okay. Drift is the only Fast and Furious movie. Th- that's okay. the highest strength of adrenaline that you would give somebody in the case that's of That's definitely the highest strength. Yeah. He's written, yeah, give him the drift. Give him the drift. <laughs> give him the drift. <laughs> Bring it back out. Give him the drift. <laughs> it's about family. Uh, <laughs> they give them an injection of uh, atropine and epinephrine, epinephrine yep. which is to help start their heart again. Um, and they also do see a combination of cpr and hit them with a defibrillator to electrically yep. shock their heart and then once they are once they have a heartbeat and they're breathing again then they give them oxygen um, which makes sense because they've been you know oxygen deprived um, and now they're breathing again so they need oxygen yes canon i know the defibrillation is like very commonly used in movies in order to restart somebody's heart um and while at the time atropine and epinephrine being used to bring somebody out of cardiac flatline was like actually an accepted thing it is pretty commonly said not to defibrillate them um because it's dangerous to do in this case you would just give Mm. them you would give them the uh intervention in the form of epinephrine and atropine and then you would go through the process of resuscitation um but you shouldn't defibrillate it's literally just there for drama right you would just use cpr yeah it's actually like the defibrillation is for when you're having like an arrhythmia in your heart yep. meaning that you exactly. have like like your heart is beating irregularly fast or slow or it's like not actually beating it like you know like a clock like a metronome you use the electrical pulse to like sync all of your cardiac cells back up and get them beating up together again yep but like exactly. if your heart's not beating at all then it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't do anything you're just like, shock it's like shocking a steak that's a lot of electricity that you're putting into somebody it's going to damage their tissues like you can't just yeah. keep doing it over and over so so after they shock this this bad boy and they bring him back what happens next uh once they bring him back then they all you know recount their hallucinations slash experiences and you know as they're going on with their life they're as we said earlier they're experiencing these weird interactions with like it's like they're being haunted by things that they've seen during yeah. their flatlined experience i think and kevin bacon calls them like karmic hauntings or yeah, something like karmic that. hauntings yeah. yeah they basically yeah. are getting uh i don't know having negative interactions with like ghosts from their from their past uh, that are associated with them doing some wrong Kiefer Sutherland gets the shit kicked out of him by a kid named Billy Mullaney yep. uh, several times. And Kevin Bacon gets approached by a little girl on the subway who calls him a lot of really bad names. Yeah. Uh, and Very then, mean little girl. Right. Well, when he comes to, he immediately hunts her down and apologizes to her as an adult. And yep. she's like, it's cool. And he's like, oh, I'm cured. Somehow. As weird as that, like, cure was, he was, like, the fucking only guy in this whole scenario who was like, oh, something weird happened. I'm going to try and take some action to write it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, he literally was like, oh, I did a crazy thing. Like, I died. And now I'm alive again. And I'm having these weird hallucinations in public places. Um, Even though I shouldn't be having them, I think something is associated with the flatlining experience. (laughs) Maybe I should do something about this. Well, I mean, the atheist is usually the reasonable one. Right. All right. Well, so, remember okay. what you said earlier about atheists <laughs> sounding pretentious because of this movie? <laughs> yeah. So basically, he makes up with the girl whose name is Winnie Hicks. Um, let's see. Kiefer Sutherland uh, tries to kill himself. We'll get to that in a second. 
Um, Kevin Bacon. Wait, sorry. Julia Roberts makes up with her dad by hugging Ghost Dad. Hugging what, her ghost what about dad. the Baldwin? Uh, and Baldwin. Actually, um, I don't think he resolves his issue. What happens to him is that not. his fiance leaves him, right? Yep. Yeah. Because so it turns issue, out he's a trash resolved. bag. <laughs> yeah, issue resolved. He's he's a trash bag who has been uh, uh, having sex with other women who are not the person he is engaged to yep. without telling her, and also recording and those women without them. telling yes. them. Uh, so you could just I just set this guy on fire, and I'd probably be fine with it. Um, yeah, he's kind of an ass. But his, uh, his fiance does leave him, so I guess yeah, that's how they resolve the storyline. That's the karmic resolution right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they. So what do you guys pace especially? Because I know you yes. were talking about this with us earlier. What do you think about like the experiences they're having in the real world after they've flatlined? Like, do you think these are hallucinations, or is there any evidence that they're otherworldly, or could this all be justified by like an actual hallucination someone's having? In my opinion, these this is like this looks like classical auditory and visual hallucinations, which mm-hmm. schizophrenics are known to have. Right. And it's still debated like which like primary brain regions become like ma- like start to malfunction in, in schizophrenia. In the in the scope of the movie, what could have happened is that, you know, whenever they went under just the lack of blood supply to their brain affected uh, affected their brain cells in certain ways that led to these symptoms whenever they came back. You know, they, they maybe they, it could have been very, very minor damage that is actually having this kind of like uh, domino effect with the brain circuitry. So, what about Kiefer Sutherland's like self harm? Or, or yeah. is it is it self harm or isn't it self harm? Right, he's getting beat up. Like, I think it is self-harm. Yeah, because they give the scene where he's in the back of the truck while Kevy Bakey is doing his apologizing thing, um, and he's hallucinating Billy Mullaney trying to kill him with an ice pick, and then when Kiefer Sutherland finds him, a pickaxe, he's basically Kevin. like his axe body spray. <laughs> pickaxe. Uh, Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland's back there like pushing against nothing, but also like driving it into his ear. So I would say that it is self-harm. But it's brought it's, on by hallucinations. It's self harm, and then you're. But the, it doesn't. It's not perceived to be self harm because right. the hallucination is like triggering one is triggering you to do this. Exactly. So he's right. not doing it on purpose. It's just part of the hallucination that he's having. Yep. The okay. reality that he's experiencing. Is skewed. A skewed reality. Is skewed reality. <laughs> I did have so seen good, beyond guys. the veil. I've seen beyond the veil. <laughs> Do, do you think we covered enough? Think we're good? I think we did good. We're covering the most important good. science points. The other thing that I wanted to talk about, just very briefly. Oh, so um, we didn't do good. No, uh, yeah, you guys, you guys did a bad job. There's oh, one more okay. thing. Um, okay. So we've already talked about the atropine and the epinephrine uh, a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of the things that they do to bring uh, Doctor Sutherland back out of his uh, life slump, his as it were, final flatline. His final flat. His final flatline. Um, they actually give him a uh, an endotracheal injection uh, directly into his neck. I assume for dramatic yeah. effect. Yeah, um, I was actually able to find a paper on this from 1986. A and paper? W- yeah, it was published in Clinical Pharmacology uh, in 1986, and basically it talks about doing these types of injections for cardiopulmonary resuscitation. Um, and apparently the idea is, is that if you don't have access to a major venous pathway that you can be doing your injections, 
Um, or if you have like severe vaso restriction, so your uh, uh, vessels are all restricted and you can't. Tight. All tight. Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't be able to do an injection. Uh, they will do this so that your alveoli will just absorb uh, whatever drug that you're giving this person. So it should enter their bloodstream just by being absorbed through a mucous membrane effectively. That's so okay. wild. They basically just put it in their lungs. <laughs> yeah. 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 And the, and the other thing that they do is they, they pulp fiction him um, and they slam a needle into his chest sure do. Um, and give him an intercardiac injection. Um, and this is a thing. You can take a needle and insert it uh, in the fourth intercostal space between the ribs into the heart um, basically into the ventricular chamber, but uh, it's not done anymore because there's a lot of other ways that you can do it. And in this movie, they do it just like they do in Pulp Fiction and they just slam it into his chest, which is fucking insane. It just doesn't make any more sense to do it that way. Like they're already, they have like catheters set up and shit. Like they, they're doctors, right? They could be able to do all of the stuff. They could just put it right into their bloodstream. Like yeah, putting it I, into the- your heart doesn't make that big of a difference i don't well and the other thing is is that like they're already giving him a tracheal injection and that's an alternative to an intracardiac injection so they could have just given him the epinephrine and the atropine via the same route yeah and it would have the same effect right like why jab shit into his heart like i don't know i don't know yeah dramatic effect is the answer i mean it was dramatic so yes it was it always is when you stab someone with a needle in a heart it was dumb all right now how really quick do you guys know how we know that hallucinations aren't real because there's no way that keith or sutherland couldn't overpower an eight-year-old child that's absolutely true yeah uh it was a ghost pace okay oh sorry the ghosts have extra power i would also ask um how can hallucinations be real if our eyes aren't real that's a good point Uh, i mean our eyes aren't real and how can our eyes be real if our irises aren't real my iris is real. Do you guys want to rate this bitch? <laughs> I do. Wait, what did you say, Kenan? Do you guys want to rate this? We can rate it. Okay, that's all we can do. 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 TM, 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 TM. Wait, you can't You can't trademark Star Wars, Kenan. RTM, re-trademark. Sean, hit us with those ratings. I guess I'm going first. So yeah, that's that was the uh, implication. I, <laughs> I actually liked the movie. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, it's definitely not like oh wow, this movie is the best movie I've ever seen. But like, I you know it's going to be a suspense movie, right? When you, you obviously you have some knowledge about it. Like I hadn't really heard that much about Flatliners, but I knew it was going to be like a suspense movie, mm. and it was suspenseful. Like I was trying to do other things while i was watching it and having a hard time doing these other things because sean just pay attention to the movies i had to podcast i had to make dinner i had to make dinner but it was easy i think i'm gonna give it a three out of five three out of five yeah maybe a three and a half out of five be a little generous because i thought it was entertaining i thought uh, all the actors and actresses did like a decent job i mean obviously it was a little dramatic at some points but Mm -hmm. that's sort of what they're dealing with with the movie Um, As far as the science goes, so the science is very, like, medically oriented this time. It's really more just, like, uh, did the techniques that they use, are they accurate for how you would, like, actually bring a person out of cardiac arrest? And from what it looks like, uh, I would have to give it, like, anywhere from a three to a four. I'll give it a three and a half out of five, again. 
God because they do some of the things are right and then some of the things particularly the way they administer the compounds and their fucking tron blanket that just goes from hot to cold <laughs> in like five seconds and has a led strip light in it just doesn't really make a lot of sense so i would give it a three and a half out of five because some of the things they did do make sense yeah yeah they also had like movie cpr which is like not actually effective you know where you're like not actually doing cpr you're just kind of like holding your hands on someone and like moving your body like you're doing something yeah so good or, or the very end where kevin bacon is just like slamming his fists on keith Kiefer sutherland's chest and screaming <laughs> live damn you live i mean it was live damn you it was good i i was so I, sucked I, in <laughs> i had my hands out I was just like he's a fucking doctor what is he doing to that man he yeah, wouldn't be doing that it is definitely it's, it's all right yeah i'm gonna give a three out of five for the science there's definitely all a, right we didn't even talk about them just being in a medical school in a fucking chapel or whatever the hell it is yep. it, it's really weird but i don't know it's not super important to the plot so and also all of them all breaking the rules <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Just like with yeah. not with like, going to class ever. With like total disregard for everything. Yeah, um, yeah. they would have yeah. failed out of that course. That lady yeah. was mean as fuck. She was. Yeah, she was. Kenan, what did you think? All right. You ready? Yep. All right, so I, I'm going to do the I'm entertainment sorry. first. Okay. I actually really like this movie. Um, I found it pretty entertaining. Uh, it 100% plays like a Joel Schumacher dig. Um, Pace said a really funny thing to me before we started recording that he's doesn't think he's ever seen a Joel Schumacher movie, which is fucking impossible because he's made like 40 of them, <laughs> um, including Batman and Robin and Batman Forever. Well, I haven't um, seen those. Okay. Anyway, so Sean, have you seen those movies? I've seen Batman Forever. Okay. So have after I found out that Joel Schumacher made this movie, the opening scene where we just get like shots of gods and really, really dramatic classical music made so much more sense to me. Mm. <laughs> like, literally the very first scene is Kiefer Sutherland hopping over a seawall with sunglasses, a trench coat, and, like, all black on, and just, like, staring at the horizon. Oh, that's true. It is. That is what it is. Kiefer it's Sutherland so was definitely just in The Matrix before he came yeah. to do this. Yeah, for 100%. sure. He stepped yeah. out of The Matrix and was like, I gotta get back in. I have to kill myself. <laughs> I have to kill myself to get back in. I have to jack in. Yeah. God. So I'm gonna give what it a... What about the science, Kenan? Did wait, I rate wait, it? Wait. Let him rate, rate it. it. I gotta, yeah, oh, give rate me, it. Yeah, let me, sorry. Let me spit those numbers. Um, I'm going to give it a three out of five. Uh, so as far as the science goes, um, I see, Sean, you already went and you picked a really good rating. Um, your 3.5s were bullshit because that's not what our rating system is. But um, <laughs> That's I think, not what your rating system is. <laughs> I'm kicking you off of this podcast. Yeah, this is my podcast now. No, I just kicked you off. You're gone. Uh, I think I'm actually also going to give it a three out of five. I want to give it a higher rating, but there's basically like two major points of science science in this movie that they're hinging everything upon. Um, and then after that, the rest of it is like really weird morality hallucinations and like some sort of karma exchange system yeah. that they're all trying to do. I mean, Kiefer Sutherland is out for like 15 fucking minutes at the end of the movie um and he would be dead because they carried this out in basically a garage well i like so. the entire premise of this being a scientific experiment is just like not true right like it's not a study kevin bacon says oh i'm the skeptic in this study and that's not a thing yeah he says he's, the just, he's like i'll be the control <laughs> i'm the control because <laughs> i'm a skeptic that's what no that's not not a not what a control is all scientists are skeptics <laughs> yes every single one of them as they should be 
All right, Pace, your turn. Okay, go fast here. I'm going to give the science a four. I'll tell you why I'm going to give it a four. Because Damn. I liked... I liked the their depiction of what a near-death Damn, experience Daniel. would be like. I think actually it was pretty factual as to what we may experience when we die. And that's because the experiences that you would have would have to be isolated to put what, what's already in your brain. And I think that's what we see here. Um, and so I liked that. I also think that they did go to the beginning, I think, for putting people under in the process of that would look like and bringing them back. I will agree that it was shit at the end. Whenever Kiefer uh, Sutherland was under, like was gone for twelve minutes, he would have been basically. I think he actually would have been about close to brain dead at that point uh, because they were oh, trying yeah. to bring him back with a warm body as well. Um, so hmm. I think that would have been. I think it would have been Gonzo. Um, but I'll give it a four, four out of five of science, and then I'm also going to give it a four for entertainment uh, because it, it didn't like it didn't blow me away. Uh, but I was really engaged the entire time. I thought all the ideas were evocative and interesting, and I thought that it was well-made. Sweet. Yeah, that was good. That was really succinct. Yeah, it was. All right. Guys, what are we watching yes. next time? <laughs> Fuuuuck. <laughs> we're going to watch Rampage, of course, you silly Billy. Oh, like we've been planning. Yeah. The video game. We're going to watch us play the video game? Yeah, we're all going to play the <laughs> side-scrolling, building-destroying video game Rampage. Oh, perfect. Which is, i just going to go out on a limb here and assume what the actual movie Rampage is based on with Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Gotta be. Gotta be. He plays the Rock. a primatologist. He plays the Rock. Yep, he plays the Rock. Yep. Yep, so we're going to watch that next time. And yep. mm-hmm. we're do we watch have... The Rock starring Sean Connery and uh, Nicolas Cage. Perfect. Do perfect. we have any listener questions? I believe we do. Well, we did have one person on Twitter, uh, Twitch, um, at Twitch V Ladvos, Twitch Vladvos, um, who basically said, can his question be about how great Kiefer Sutherland's hair is <laughs> throughout the entire film? <laughs> it, it does stay perfectly quaffed. Yes, his, his hair it is does. very good. It does. Well, and not only that, but the last scene where Kevin Bacon is trying to bring Kiefer Sutherland back, someone has just turned a fan on because Kevin's bake, Kevin Bacon's hair is just like fluttering in the wind. It is. Like he's just standing in a stiff breeze. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it's got to be, you know, keratin, biotin, a really qu- high quality conditioner. Um, <laughs> Pace, what's keratin? Keratin is a protein. Uh, the primary constituent is in hair. It's it, like I only know that because it infects all of my samples at work. Where else is it found? Huh? Where else is it found? I, I don't know. Probably carrots. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not. It's definitely not true. I don't think it is. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, okay. Yes, you're right. It's a structural protein, and it shows up in a lot of things that are based in epithelial cells, which hair, skin, fingernails, things like that. Ken, do we have a real question? She also acts um, across from Tobey Maguire in the first Spider-Man movie. I'm sorry. What? What? I was gonna make a carrot and dunce joke. A carrot anyway. and dunce. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I hate it. Let's end. All right, we can do that. I also really want to thank uh, Brian Troxel, uh, friend of the podcast, Brian Troxel, for suggesting that we thank watch you, this movie. Thank you, Brian. I think we all really enjoyed it. it was thank really good. you, we loved it. Brian. It's a great suggestion. 
for next week, especially for Rampage. If you have any questions you'd like to submit to the Real Science Cast, you can send your questions into realsciencecast at gmail.com, or you can tweet at realsciencecast on Twitter, or you can post on the Facebook page that we have, which is Real Science Cast on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually, uh, Pace, how did you manage to get a question um, this week? Yeah, so what I did was I used I used uh, I used a, a social medium mm-hmm. to to post that we were going to be watching a film. Oh, and okay. So, so you would say that you communicated to our listeners that we were yeah, gonna be watching. I, yeah, I, I uh, yeah, yeah, I did that. Do you think? <laughs> did you, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> 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 I, uh, I posted something on our Twitter account. Uh, Sean's flicking us off because he was supposed to post on Facebook and he didn't. Hey, guys, um, I was but... really fucking busy this week. All right. My anniversary yeah. is tomorrow. Cut me some slack. Happy anniversary. Thank you, John. Kenan. Um, <laughs> just to clarify, we are going to be watching Rampage. Uh, we're not watching The Rock. Um, so if you want to get us questions about especially genetic engineering, um, apparently there's CRISPR. some talk about CRISPR-Cas. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Ooh. Cool. Um, and if you really, really, really want to help us out, head on over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review. Uh, and then tell your friends about us. And then tell them to tell their friends about us. And if you have friends that refuse to listen, steal their phone and review the podcast yes. anyway. Yes. Also, just put the podcast on play and just leave it. Just hide just it from them it. so it'll be playing. Just because leave it. I want, Exactly. Maybe someone will just walk by and be like, what is this intriguing podcast that I hear playing <laughs> in, the, in the environment? And they'll just stand by the phone. three smart boys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what they'll say. Very <laughs> smart boys. All right. So uh, I think we need to wrap this up. Because we're yep. doing good on time. Um, yep. And yep. my name's Kenneth Smith. My name is Sean Crossan. I'm a Michael Pace. And Pace and I came up with a new catchphrase. Um, so we're going to say it at the same time. Um, and then yes. you'll tell us what you think. All right, Sean? Okay, yeah. Yes. Hit, hit me with it. Hit me. Yep. All right. You ready, yep. Pace? Yep. One, two, three. Get drunk. Get do drunk science. Do science. What do you think, Sean? Nailed it, right? I think Sean. it's fucking garbage. You're garbage, you ass. You piece of shit. My name is Sean Crossan, and I'm taking over this podcast. (laughs) My name is Kenan Smith, and I'm a hot boy. My name is Michael Pace, and I'm sexy. Mmm. Yes, I am. (laughs) So, Michael Pace... How did you uh, enjoy the movie? Dude, I thought the oh. movie was really good. No, uh, this... Kenan, Kenan, why are you answering? I'm Michael Pace. <laughs> I thought it was amazing! Wow, fuck you, though. <laughs> I found it a bit erudite and pedantic, but enjoyable. Pace, you sound like you're in The Sound of Music. <laughs> That's a very I good am... film. I enjoy The Sound of Music a lot. Shut up, Kenan! Spit spot? Oh, wait, Spit that's spot? Mary Poppins. Fuck. <laughs> step in time, step in time. <laughs>